Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Santa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Today is Monday, April 10, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 24, the fourth paragraph. That begins with, when this sort of thinking is fully established. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Kathy F., the 12 Traditions, Anne Marie M., I'm sorry, Hoodie R. for the 12 Traditions, and reading the literature today is Lisa B., Carmela G., the Share ID for Sunday, April 9th, 2017, our special edition meeting is 9815. 9815. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contribution, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kathy F. to read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Kathy F. from Massachusetts, compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory 
and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Kathy S. I will now ask Hoodie R to read the 12 traditions. Hello, Santa. This is Hoodie R, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Israel. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare shall come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OE group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OE name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and films. And twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. And thank you, Hoodie R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. Ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. And then press star 1 to mute your phone. 
In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book on page 24, the fourth paragraph beginning with, when this sort of thinking is fully established, through two paragraphs ending, of which we have not ever dreamed. Page 24, fourth paragraph is read for context. Comment, focus on page 25, the first paragraph. I will now ask Lisa B. to begin reading. Good morning. Can you hear me? I sure can. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Lisa B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. When this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid and unless locked up, may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history. But for the grace of God, there would have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. So many want to stop but cannot. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings which the process requires for its successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. When, therefore, we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven. We have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. Well, you know, this, this is a very powerful reading. This is a favorite reading probably for so many of us. And um, I went through this process, this precise process that they're talking about. Um, it is a precise process. And it's the process laid out in this big book. And that's what it tells me in the very forward to the first edition to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. And I was taught, and I'm grateful that I won't be able to do it perfectly because I'm not perfect. But I do need to do it as honestly, rigorously honest and um, fearless and precisely the way it's laid out, not picking and choosing and skipping this or that. Having a recovered big book guide, um, meeting someone uh, in whom the problem had been solved was so vital for me. I'd never met anyone with the same malady that had been recovered. And when I read this, it says, but we saw. Well, saw is past tense for see. And see means to discern mentally after reflection or from inf- information to understand or comprehend. And that also means for me going from my head to my heart. And until I could really see the hopeless malady, the hopeless nature of what I have, of this condition, and that was done by starting in the doctor's opinion and going through and having everything really presented to me, I saw that I really am truly out of ideas. I have no other options. And that, in fact, these, uh, the spiritual toolkit you know, laid at my feet is an incredible gift. It says, but for the grace of God in that previous paragraph, that's an incredible gift that has been given to me through my, these pioneers, these first 100 people now being presented to me in my recovered big book guide. 
And um, I saw that I have no no other options out of ideas. Nothing nothing left for me to do but to pick up these kit this kit you know this spiritual toolkit. I also love how it says almost none of us like the self searching. So that means these first 100 people, they didn't like it either, you know, and that makes me feel good. So I'm not just, you know, whining and complaining. They didn't like it either, but it is a matter of life and death for me. And because the work was laid out so clearly for me, I really saw that, you know, there's no other option. There's not a door number three, you know, it's going on to the bitter end or picking up these uh, spiritual toolkits. And then, um, the other thing is it's telling me, you know, the leveling of my pride, the confession of my shortcomings. It's summing up what the steps are in, in this paragraph. And then it says, um, um, let's see here. I wanted to talk a little bit about rocketed into the fourth dimension. Someone asked that question once on our um phone line, you know, what what does that mean when we're rocketed into the fourth dimension? And one of our co-fellows shared um, her opinion, and um, I really liked it. And I don't, I don't know, it's not really, it just meant that the 3D picture is height, depth, and weight. The fourth dimension is time. So step four re- addresses resentment, which is based in the past. Fear, which is, oh, okay, based in the future. And the steps happen to live in the now. And that's it. You know, I live in the now, and that is what it is for me to be in heaven it says in how it works, may you find him now. My higher power is found in the now. And I can't live in the now unless I get recovered. So thank you. I pass. And thank you, Lisa B. Okay. Who would like to comment for approximately three minutes on what was read? Our comments are focused on that first full paragraph on page 25. That begins with there is a solution. Charles H. Yes. Nancy H. Charles H. Kim G. Nancy H. Nancy H. I got you, Nancy H. I got Charles H. Okay. Chrissy G. Chrissy B. Kim G. Kim G. Melissa C. O. And Melissa C. We'll stop right there for this round. And this is who I have. If everybody can just mute their line so we can have a quiet um, meeting. I have Charles H. Nancy H. Chrissy B. Ricky G, rather, Kim G, Vasa O, and Melissa C. Good morning, Charles H. Good morning, Santa. Charles H, recovered composer over here. Thank you for your um, your loyal service. None of us like the leveling of our pride. You know, I can so identify with that. Um, you know, and and, and I love the special edition from yesterday when the speaker said you know, that they continue to, you know, do the steps, you know, start over fresh because I just love that because that was a leveling of a pride to me. That's like, you know what? Yeah, on a deeper level, not not five years ago because there's some stuff, right? Like because you could talk to 3,000 different recovered compulsive overeaters or 3,000 alcoholics. And and their perception of this divinely inspired book, you'll get you you'll probably get two thousand and nine hundred ninety nine point um, nine point nine different ways of how they perceive it. Because you know what, we didn't write it, <laughs> you know, and that's such a freedom. 
you you know, we learn, and I love that. You know, I learn to interact with people. I learn that I still have amends to make uh, on a daily basis. You know, sapping the energy out of people on one-on-one conversations. I can listen to sponsees now instead of like, you know, and that was the leveling of a pride for me. So that really touched a nerve for me today. Like, instead of listening to to reply, I can listen to understand. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Santa. And thank you, Charles H. And next we'll have Nancy H. Good morning. This is Nancy H. from Massachusetts, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overreader. Um, this, the few paragraphs before, as we go along, have been painting a hopeless situation, a picture of a hopeless situation. And I um, had been in OA for 40 years already, and I thought I, was, I had had a spiritual awakening. I had changed quite a bit. My thinking had changed. I wasn't the same person, but I wasn't still happy, joyous, and free. So I decided that after listening to Vision for about six months that I should get a big book guide, someone who really knew the big book and who could maybe add something to what I already knew. And certainly it did. Uh, What I did was I asked four or five people. I emailed them and told them my story, and I asked them to sponsor me. And I told my higher power that um, whoever was sent to me first would be the person who would be a sponsor for me. And only one person responded out of those four people. So I got a sponsor, and it was exactly what was meant for me. I know that was spiritually driven. And um, once I, you know, was given all the instructions in the big book, and I had done some of them already, um, I became a different person. I started to be happy, joyous, and free after I started sponsoring. I was a little discouraged at first because I was feeling different after I did my 81 amends and, you know, my fourth and fifth step. But I wasn't feeling exactly happy, joyous, and free. And I didn't feel like I had had that spiritual awakening. And I just kept plugging away because I had done a lot of work already. And all of a sudden, it started to happen as soon as I started sponsoring. And today I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And I don't hesitate to say that when I go to meetings. And I explain that I'm, I'm transformed and I've had a spit, you know, that I'm a, a recovered compulsive overeater, but that doesn't mean that I'm cured. I explained that in one sentence just in case someone's wondering how I can have the nerve to say that. Of course, I'm a people pleaser, so I usually think about what people think of me, but I'm getting better at that too. So I did have a spiritual awakening. I am living in the fourth dimension. Life is not perfect, but I'm still living peacefully. And that really, really... Uh, gives me a peace that I've never had before. So with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you, Nancy H. And next we have Chrissy G. Chrissy, if you're speaking, we don't hear you. Okay, then we'll we'll come back to Chrissy. We'll move on to Kim G. Kim, are you available? You said Kim, right? Good morning, Kim. Go right ahead. Okay. I started. I, oh, okay, sorry. I was making my bed when I kind of thought I was next. All right. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And uh, I have to tell you, this paragraph 
to me, is the gift of a healthy OA meeting. This is what a healthy OA meeting offers to those of us who are still suffering. You know, and from my personal experience, for the most part, what I saw were meetings where there was temporary respite, where there would be a bunch of people that were absent for periods of time. You go back to that meeting, then they were in relapse. You go back to that meeting maybe six months later, maybe some of those same people were abstinent again. Um, and, you know, I, I came in in 1994 where a meeting was 100 people, and that meeting currently today is only 10 people. Um, so what I believe is this, this paragraph, and specifically this page, is describing a very sacred moment. Over six years ago, I came into a phone meeting, not this one, but a phone meeting where I saw that these steps successfully worked in others. I saw a meeting in whom the problem had been solved. I saw a meeting who, of people who were contently abstinent for a long period of time. And that was beautiful to see, but what it lined up with, where that sacred moment came, is I had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as I had been living it. I was in OA for 17 years, I was in the midst of a five-year relapse, and I, hadn't, I was out of ideas. And I loved how Lisa B. Say brought out none of us liked. I thought I had to like it. I was told that, you know, to go to six meetings until I felt comfortable. I was told to get abstinent. And when I was 30 days abstinent and comfortable in my abstinence, then I could start to work the steps. They're letting us know we don't need to like it. In fact, we're probably not going to. And my personal opinion, I think, is willingness is way, way overrated. Way overrated. I have to tell you, I'm exhausted from a wonderful weekend. I do not want to go to work today. I don't feel willing to go to work, but I'm going to go to work because I want a paycheck. I have a mortgage to pay. So willingness to me is, that's great, but if you're, if you're in this place where the futility of life is dragging you down, who cares if you're willing? Just do the actions. Just do the actions in there. Because it's saying here that this process requires for successful consummation. And we talk so much about suggestions. Everything is suggested, absolutely. Well, see, I wanted to not do stuff and still get successful consummation. I still wanted the results and not do the work. So if I want the successful consummation, there's the requirements in here. Am I willing to do that? And where it says here too, pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools. A healthy meeting, which a vision for you is just an example of a healthy meeting, is going to lay out a spiritual toolkit for everyone on this line and everyone in a healthy face-to-face meeting. The question is, are you going to pick up that simple kit of spiritual tools and put them into action? And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kim G. And Chrissy, are you available? Okay, perhaps something happened. We'll move on to Vasa O and then Melissa C. Good morning, Vasa. Good morning, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for your service. And I am grateful, recovered, compulsive Vida calling from Florida and uh, the solution. And I love this paragraph. My goodness. By the time I came to my first meeting, I was beyond human power to help me with the food addiction. And it's not, I didn't try by myself, by, own, my, by my own willpower. I, and I would ask people and I'd, you know, I mean, I'd, I had all kinds of suggestions from doctors and dietitians and going to exercises, clubs, giving me all those different diets. Nothing, nothing worked, you know, 
by then, you know, and I was so ready and grateful to come to this uh, the solution, you know, to Overeaters Anonymous. I just didn't want to die. I know I keep talking about this all the time. I didn't want to die, and that was the truth. I just did not want to die because it was just going to kill me if I continued doing what I was doing. And it is by the grace of God. I did get my abstinence right from the beginning. It was not easy. It was torture for me to put the foods down, my alcoholic foods down. And But I kept on asking God and going to meetings and praying and all that. And that's all I thought I needed to do. If I can only put the food down and my life is going to be perfect. And then I was asked to do the fourth step. And that I remember being so you know, you know, to go to confess to somebody, you know, what, you know, how my life was, was growing up in my childhood or, you know, or, you know, or, you know, it, it, I just grew up with a lot of secrets and I heard the secrets were going to kill me, you know, and then, you know, my sponsor said if I didn't do the steps the way they laid out, I would go back into the food. And I didn't want to go back into the food, and I was willing and ready to do, to pick up this simple uh, spiritual, simple kit of spiritual tools laid out on, laid out, uh, on our feet. And I was just so ready and willing, and I, I remember. And then going to other meetings and hearing how other people had done their steps, or they were going through the steps, they were in the process of, during the fourth or the fifth or the sixth step, you know, all, all the steps they were laid out, I kept on going to step meetings. And I, God gave me the courage and the willingness. If it worked for these people, it was going to work for me too. And I did whatever I could not to go back to the food. And I'm just so grateful. I'm just so neutral. The food is not even a problem today, you know. It's just going through life and growing and maturing and healing. Um, through the steps, and uh, the first three steps were the most important for me. I can't, he can. And I will let him. The third step is the most important for me. In, with the food and everything in my life. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you, Vasa O. Good morning, Melissa C. Hi. Good morning, Santa. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, you know, I, no one likes this uh, self-searching, this soul-searching, um, the leveling of our pride. And, um, you know, I thought initially, um, I thought I was going to kind of like it because I thought I was going to identify what you all did in this great world to screw me up, and then I could find, I thought, I had it a little skewed. I thought I was going to do some soul searching on everyone else, and um, that's not what, that's not what this is about. It's actually identifying my problems, you know, dominator and all the things that were wrong in my life. I was it. I was that common denominator, and you know, guess what? It's still me. I'm still the common denominator. Um, and that, I, you know, and, and the truth is, I don't like it today, you know, but um, I can no longer operate on what I like. You know, what I like um, got me in this mess, and what I like is, um, you know, to be left alone with the food initially, you know, um, 
but what I like, um, you know, isn't how I can live in the fourth dimension. That's how I live in, like, you know, the the, the disease um, when I operate on just what I like. And so, you know, for me right now, today, um, I have an amends to make, and I don't like it, you know. I don't like to have to clean up my mess. It's far more um, initially satisfying for me to see what's wrong with my sister-in-law. You know, she did something to aggravate me, and so I can walk around um, being right, you know, having my pride all I want. Um, But if I'm a slave to my pride, um, because that's what it winds up being, I become enslaved to my pride, then I become enslaved to the food, and I don't get to live happy, joyous, and free. And so, you know, um, thank God for this fellowship of recovered people where um, I can – you know, talk about initially something that upsets me. And I don't get to tell my story. You know, the people that love me in this program, they don't let me go on and on about my story, my story, my story, and and puff up my pride. Um, And I'm learning that those are the people that I, that that's where I have to start, you know, with bringing my problems. Not to my husband, because God bless him, he takes my part, or my mom, or my sister, it's it's through the fellowship. I have to level my pride. I've got to right my wrongs. I'm going to make this amends today, and, and I can live, you know, in that fourth dimension. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. And thank you, Melissa C. And for those of you who are just joining us, we are um, on page 25 today. The focus of our comments are on that first full paragraph that begins with, there is a solution. So we'll continue. We would like to comment for approximately three minutes. Nessa R. I heard Nessa R. I heard a male voice. Who is that? Matt M. Matt M. Okay. Kathy K. F. I got Kathy K. Lindsay F. Shannon S. Lindsay S. I heard. Thank you. Shannon S. I heard another male voice. Was it Larry K.? Greg F. Oh, Greg F. Okay, Greg F. Okay, this is who I have. Nessa R., Matt M., Kathy K., Lisa S., I believe, and Gray F. We'll stop right there for a moment. Good morning, Nessa R. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. It's Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, This phrase, someone in whom the problem has been solved, always brings to mind um, something that I've shared in this line uh, before, maybe more than once, so I apologize if it sounds repetitive and boring, but, um, you know, about 15 or 16 years ago, when um, one of my sons was in nursery school, one of the mothers in his class, um, as a, this beautiful woman, uh, friendly, nice, but physically beautiful too, um, you know, beautiful face, beautiful figure, very approachable and you know I, I, I really admired her um, and her looks and I went up to her I mean I was I was uh, over 70 pounds overweight and totally miserable and I asked her you know so like you know what do you do what do you do and I was hoping to hear some kind of magic answer that I could employ myself and instead she said to me I work very hard to maintain my body and I didn't 
I didn't pursue it further. I didn't ask her, okay, so exactly what is it that you do? Because I didn't want to know. I wanted what she had, but I didn't want to do what she did. Um, and it's the same thing in these rooms. You know, wanting what somebody else has is not enough. We have to do what they do. You know, um, hanging around with recovered people, talking on the phone daily with recovered people, listening on this line every single day, going to other strong meetings is not going to make me recovered, and I have to do the work. Um, and the work is uncomfortable. And abstinence before recovery is also uncomfortable. And as a compulsive overeater, I hate discomfort. This is why I, I ate in the first place, you know, to escape the discomfort of my life, to escape the discomfort of my emotions. And, you know, what can um, relieve discomfort more uh, quickly, like immediately, instantly, you know, and then a piece of chocolate or a piece of cheesecake or, or something like that. And this is why I ate and this is why I, um, you know, I was, I was almost 200 pounds at some point, you know, even though I'm quite a, a petite person. Um, but you know what? If I want um, what, what these people have, those in whom the problem has been solved, in whom the problem has been solved, I have to do what they do. Um, and it's a very simple program. It's, a, it, it's abstinence, abstinence followed by the, um, this simple, uh, this, this kit of simple tools, spiritual tools laid at our feet. That's what I have to do. And I have to tolerate the discomfort. I have to um, become comfortable in the discomfort because discomfort is a part of life. I cannot have any wor- anything worthwhile in life, including recovery, if I'm Thank you. If I'm always running um, away from discomfort. So, you know, like Joe and Charlie said, um, it's not a program for those who need it, nor for those who want it. It's for those who do it. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Nessa R. And good morning, Matt M. Good morning, Sasha. Thank you for your service. It's good to hear your voice. Um, good morning, fellow visionaries. My name is Matt M. I'm a compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Um, yeah, this paragraph, it really, really explains where the program is at. It tells us where we have to go, what we have to do, the simple uh, kit of spiritual tools, the steps. I don't know about you, but I've been in the rooms 10 years, and I think fear has prevented me from working the program conventionally. I have fear of the unknown, fear of wanting to know what my body's going to look like, fear of, fear of not knowing what to do after I lose the weight. And I'm thinking about it's not about losing weight. It's about getting the mental um, capacity, okay, getting that spiritual awakening, which gives me the mental stability I need in my head because it's not just about the weight. It's not about the food. It's about what I ha- my living problem that I have between my ears and in my soul. You know, and I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, therefore, I was approached by somebody years ago who told me about OA, and I didn't do it right away. But now that I've been in the rooms, I've been abstinent, thank God, since Saturday, and I'm trying to, I'm starting my fourth step tomorrow, um, today, actually, and I'm looking for a reason in the back of my mind not to do it, but I realized what's the point of not doing this program? I'm here, I need to get, I want to get recovered and I have to do the work one day at a time. So for me, I gotta let that fear go. I gotta surrender that fear to my higher power because, you know, fear is just a way for me not it's an excuse for me not to do the work. And I, I let once I let that fear go, I'll I'll go ahead and do what the process requires for successful consummation, like it says. And I've seen that really work with others. I've seen it in Kim G. I've seen it in Chelsea. I've seen it in a lot of people. I've seen it work. So if they can do it, then I know I can. 
and there was a speaker who was on, on the line I mean last night. They said they were up to 500 in the 500s, where I've been even higher than that. So if he, if he can do it, then I can do it. So I just have to let get, my, get out of my own way and let myself feel the feelings which are coming up and leave the food alone because the food isn't going to help me. It's only going to give me that eight seconds of pure joy. And then after that, it's just stuffing my face until I'm sick to my stomach. There's no, there's no in-between for me. It's either sick to my stomach or not eating the food at all. So I'm grateful that I'm on this line today and grateful that I read this, read this paragraph today, and I'm just grateful that uh, everybody's on the line today. Thank you for letting me share with that. I'll pass. And thank you, Matt M. And good morning, Kathy Kay. <clears throat> good morning, Santa. Thank you so much for your services. This is Kathy Kay. I'm recovered from Boston. Um, you know, uh, when I first was introduced to the solution as it's laid out here, I was very attracted to the idea of doing a thorough inventory and self-searching. That was something I had done many times in therapy, and I was comfortable with uh, asking certain questions of myself. Um, The difference, though, uh, with this process is that I had... um, I was encouraged to answer questions honestly. Um, And the other difference is that I had to come to rely on a higher power. That was the difficult part of this solution for me, this simple toolkit, this simple kit of spiritual tools was not something that I felt comfortable with at all. Um, And so for me, uh, it's been a very, very gradual process. I've worked the steps several times, uh, and I continue to work the steps on a daily basis, and I continue to develop uh, my willingness and my ability to make use of this new partnership with a higher power. That's the big difference between all the methods I tried before and using the 12 steps to uh, move into the fourth dimension. It was not dramatic. It was gradual. It was hard work, but very satisfying work. And today, I can't imagine not implementing these steps and using these spiritual tools. They have become part of who I am and how I am in the world today. I'm so grateful for these steps um, and for all of you who have helped me learn how to make use of them. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kathy Kay. And I'm going to need some help with this next name because I was writing and I don't know what I wrote. I believe I have Lisa S. Lindsay. Lindsay, thank you. Lindsay S. Go right ahead. Lindsay? Um, this is Lindsay F. Lindsay F. Go right ahead. Oh, okay, great. Thanks. Um, let's see. I guess I want to say, first of all, I'm a compulsive overeater, and, um, you know, I need to claim my place with that. Um, the other thing is that I live in a pretty isolated rural area, and there aren't meetings um, or much, so I rely on this meeting. But I started meeting with one other 
OA person um, to read the big book together. And it's really rewarding. And this is what we read last night, this page and this chapter. And I got some really important feedback. And I think I really heard on a different level that um, I, mean, I, I knew the answer was spiritual, but then there's always how do you do that or how do you apply it. And I've been really struggling with financial insecurity and fear of financial insecurity. And I got the message that that finances are not necessarily going to make me happy or unhappy or secure or insecure. And I can't say that I'm 100% understanding or believing that, but that what will make me finally okay enough inside is that spiritual awakening and spiritual connection. And then the other things come or whatever outside of that. And it it, it was just a really profound little two-person meeting to, to grapple with that and work on that. And today, tonight is the first night of Passover, which is probably the most important holiday to me. And I don't have family or friends to do that with this year. And I don't, I don't have a skater go through this year. And I'm really sad about that, but I've been trying to come at it from inside my spiritual connection, which means I'm sad, but I'm okay. And I, you know, I'm still okay. Um, so I think that's the spiritual awakening that we work on every day. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, thanks for letting me share. I pass. And thank you, Lindsay. Now, is it Lindsay F as in Frank or S as in Sam? It's um, S as in Frank, but it's Lindsay without an S. It's L-I-N-D-Y. Thank you, Lindsay. F as in Frank. Thank you. Okay, next we have Greg. I believe it's F. Yeah, this is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Can you hear me? Yes, you say Craig or Greg? Craig. Craig. Yeah. Okay, F S in front. Thank you. I want to call you your correct name. Thank you, Craig. Go right ahead. Yeah, recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thank you for your service. Um, What I uh, um, was thinking about when I read this paragraph is I'm a child of the 50s and 60s and grew up when they uh, were when the astronauts were first going to space and. You know, like a lot of little boys, I kind of wanted to be an astronaut in a way. I, you know, it looked exciting, but it also looked very scary that to strap your butt to a rocket and go off into space you know, where something could go wrong. I mean, that that was really kind of frightening uh, to me. As, as exciting as it seemed to be and as romantic as it seemed to be, um, it's still very, very frightening. Um, and, you know, it's uh, I have the same... Fear had the same fear about uh, recovery. I had the same fear about um, a spiritual way of life. That uh, is maybe not the same fear, but a fear, the same kind of fear that uh, that you know, fear of the unknown, fear of what would be there when I got there. But you know, the two things that move me out of fear are um, 
the fact that where I'm at becomes too painful to stay and uh, the uh, view of where I could be um, becomes clearer because somebody else is there and shows it to me. And they covered all that in, in, a, in, in one sentence in here when they said, but we saw that it really worked in others and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. And, uh, you know, that, that, it took a while to, to move me to that point. It took, I've been in, oh, in and out of OA for 25 years. And, uh, it took a while to get me to the point where I could completely let go. The, the pain and futility of where I had been, uh, had to become more and more painful and more and more futile. And, uh, you know, I, I I got to come on this line, got to listen on this line and listen to people whom the problem had been solved and see the promises coming true in their lives and see the, see the hope in their, hear the hope in their voice. And uh, that moves me out of that, uh, that moves me out of that place of fear and uh, allows me to uh, envision having my butt strapped to a rocket and, uh, you know, Rock, being rocketed into the fourth dimension, and and uh, I, I'll tell you, I, I believe it. I I live there today. I live in that fourth dimension, and things that used to seem difficult are uh, are easy, and things that seemed to be a burden before or now just seem to be a natural part of my life. And the program has become the most important. It's it just become my life, not the most important part of my life, but it's become my life, and. Uh, I uh, uh, I am so grateful for that and, and grateful for this meeting and and just thank you and with that I'll pass. And thank you, Craig F. As in Frank. We have time for three more shares. Who would like to comment? Renee C. Renee C. Amy M. Amy. I think it was Amy. Carlin G. Yeah. And I heard Amy Eva. Okay. Harlan. And Harlan, if we have time, we'll we'll get you in. All right. Okay, Renee C., go right ahead. Good morning, Santa. This is Renee C. from outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. May I be heard? Yes, you can. Great. This reading is so powerful for me, especially this morning. For some reason, I don't really understand. There is a solution, not there might be, there could be. Renee's got the solution, which I thought was true for many years. There was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence, which had not, which we had not even dreamed. And that is my life today. I'm walking through some very difficult physical challenges right now. And, uh, you know, just really in gratitude to my higher power, to this program, to the steps, to my step guide, to my fellows, to all of you. Because without you all and my higher power, I cannot possibly do this by myself. And I'm learning that. You know, I'm not meant to be here by myself. I'm meant to work in fellowship with others. This is a program for all of us, not just for me. And um, I am currently working on doing my nine-step amends, and I did two more. 
and it was wonderful. And uh, God willing, in another week, um, I hope to be able to start on my step 12. And that is truly a miracle for where I am physically in this moment. So I am so grateful. And uh, thank you for letting me share. I love you all, and I pass. And thank you, Renee C. And next we have is Amy. This is Amy MC. Can I be heard? Yes, Amy MC. Go right ahead. Great, thank you. Um, this is Amy MC calling from Massachusetts. Um, and I just wanted to claim my seat this morning. I am a compulsive overeater, and uh, you know there is a solution. And I I truly believe that, and I've seen it work in my life. And uh, you know I I just strongly believe in the big book and following these directions. Um, and seeing progress in my life in all area. Um, you know, I'm currently working with somebody new, and it's very exciting to be going through the big book. Um, I've been wanting it for a long time, and I just haven't had the courage, kind of. I've been in that place of fear um, and unable to step out and make a phone call and say, okay, I need I need to work with somebody directly in the big book. Um, and... You know, I live in a remote area. There's not a lot of face-to-face meetings. You know, I get to this on my way to work. It's such a blessing. But, uh, you know, life happens too, and I don't always, uh, I'm not always able to call in live. So um, I'm just so excited to be going through uh, this process and having support and starting to reach out and ask for help. Um, and I'm just going to continue to do it. And uh, as the blessings continue to come to me, um, I will be able to pass that on to others. So with that, I pass. And thank you, Amy MC. And I believe the next person is Reba P. Yes, hi, it's Reba P. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. What I wanted to share on this morning is the phrase, in whom the problem had been solved. And I am amazed um, doing this 10, 11, 12, um, especially when I share um, the step 10s that I do, you know, that the greater aspect of my problem, what is my problem? My problem is my thinking. And a lot of my thinking has to do with if only external circumstances, events, and people would just play along with my script, I could be peaceful and serene and life would be great. And that comes up constantly. Um, So now with the holidays, things have not turned out according to my script. And the hopelessness and futility is within program the drive to make everything around me go my way. It does not work. It makes me miserable. And sure enough, I, I think if I continued with that and wasn't diligently doing the 10, 11, 12s, I would want to pick up. Um, so what is the solution to that? Because the problem, if it's my thinking about the um, circumstances as opposed to the circumstances themselves, the solution is the action. It's all action words here, and it summarizes you know, the self-searching, step four, the leveling of my pride, five to seven, the confession of my shortcomings, eight to nine. Process requires action, 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 action. Um, and then it doesn't matter 
what the circumstances are because I can be at ease. And when I'm at ease, I don't need to pick up. And that is the hugest miracle. Um, with that, I pass. And thank you, Reva P. And next and final share we have is Harlan G. Good morning. Good morning, Santa. I hope I can be heard. It's Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. When I look at this paragraph, it reminds me of something vital to my survival. And what's vital to my survival is I cannot wait to be willing. As was said earlier by Tim, willingness in this program, at least for me, is highly overrated. I did not come into this program and clap my hands together and rub them together and say, wow, I can't wait to make amends for all the lies I told. I can't wait to make amends for the bad checks I wrote. I can't wait to tell another person about all the things that I did. No, 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 no. Willingness is highly overrated. What I had to do in this program was I had to be yanked out of my comfort zone, and that took a long time. And what happened eventually was not willingness. It was I saw that these things that these people were doing were working in other people, and I began to take action after action after action with my eyes closed, trembling from fear, but I started taking these actions because I saw that it was working in others, and I was doing it almost against my will. I had to begin by beginning. As Larry says, I cannot be waiting here to be sprinkled with pixie dust. I had to put down the food. I had to begin the process of recovery. And when it talks about the consummation, what they are talking about is step 12. But I cannot get to step 12 until I've had a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. We have been rocketed into a fourth dimension, the dimension of height, width, and, length, and, excuse me, and depth. And the fourth dimension is the dimension of the spiritual. And a, a, an existence of which we had not even dreamed. I do not have everything I want. There's nothing in this book that says, hey, now you get what you want. Hey, now everybody's going to dance to your music. It doesn't say that. I just had a fantastic weekend with someone that I absolutely am crazy about. I had a fantastic weekend. I have friends. I have a life that does not include the shame on the filth of this illness because I started taking action, which I did not want to take, but saw it working in others. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Okay. And thank you, Harlan G. And that brings us to the end of our meeting. And thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, April 10, 2017, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, is 9817. We will close with the reading from the big book, 
on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer, where Carmela G., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Keep you until then. Good morning. This is Carmela G. from New York, a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the gift. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.